Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. It may be the end of the year, but we're still sharing running, walking, faith, and of course, Jesus. And joining me once again, Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. So it's uh, December the 27th. When this podcast is releasing, it's actually before Christmas when we're recording, but it's as of as of when this is released, it's the 27th. Are your Christmas decorations still up? You know mine are. <laughs> mine are. Mine are up till the beginning I of the year. I can guarantee you mine won't be. Yeah, I know you are. I know how you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They go up early, they come down That's early. right, absolutely. <laughs> so like I said, it's December the 27th, and I and I've, I want to talk to everybody listening right now uh we're making this obviously the podcast are always public but we're pushing out the video as well we want to give people a little bit of insight to what we do here at run for god we've had over fifteen thousand people at this point request more information about the couch to marathon challenge so speaking of challenges i'm going to throw out a challenge out there you know there's people out there who are listening to this and they're pondering resolutions Mm -hmm. christmas is over you ate too much. <laughs> you probably a little more sedentary than you should have been during the holidays, and it's time to start making those resolutions. I'm doing them. I'm sure you're doing them. You're, sure. you know, this is the time of year when we start looking at race calendars and things like that. Maybe you're out there and you're just thinking of getting active for the first time in 2022. Maybe you're thinking of getting faster in 2022 maybe you're you're an existing runner and you're thinking of getting faster maybe you've never ran or never walked and you're just thinking about getting active maybe you're thinking about walking in 2022 you know as everybody knows we are officially opening the doors to walkers in 2022 we've always had them they've always been welcome but we've got things specifically for them next year and i'm excited about that i think it's going to be awesome. there are a lot of people who are chiming in saying yes. hey I'm here for the walking, and that is awesome. I can't wait to add that dynamic. Maybe maybe you want to run your first 5K. Maybe you want to run or walk your 50th 5K. Or maybe you want to run or walk your first marathon. Well, what some people don't know is that this all starts on January the 10th. So you can walk your first marathon you can run your first marathon you can walk your first 5k or you can run your 50th 5k we have been advertising the couch to marathon challenge but this is also the first 12 weeks is the 5k challenge that's right so on january 10th everybody is welcome whether you've never ran before you've been running your whole life whether you're here for the walking or whether you're going to try to get started in a in a kind of a structured walking program to a 5k 10k half marathon or marathon it doesn't matter we want to see you january the 10th april the 9th is the graduation for the 5k this is four steps 12 weeks each we kind of made it simple the first step is the 5k challenge it goes from january the 10th to april the 9th 
and that's the graduation. You can come to Dalton and run a race for free with all your run club family, or you can find a local 5K in your community, or you can chalk a line out on the road and run your own 5K in your neighborhood. We take a two-week break, and then we get started on the 10K challenge, which is the next 12 weeks, and that graduation is July the 16th. We've got a pretty unique race or unique 10k this year it's it's the hawkins virtual 10k and you'll learn more about that later um but that's july the 16th is the graduation for that we take a two-week break and then we get started in on the half marathon challenge and that graduation is october the 23rd we take a two-week break and then we get started on the marathon challenge which graduates january the 29th of next year because we've had the emails you know the naysayers out there who say couch to marathon that's impossible you're going to get people hurt whatever it's it's over a year and we've got people finishing that up right now who have done it that's exactly right people who have never run before and are about to run their first marathon this january actually this january we're graduating at disney i can't wait to meet these people it gives me goosebumps because we've heard their story we've told their stories we've printed their stories it can be done i know you're i, I know where you're at because i was there back in 2005 six whenever i started running i remember thinking a marathon that seems impossible but it's not and dean and i we've we've put together a program that's not rocket science we keep it simple we keep it very simple the secret to completing the couch to marathon challenge is the community of support it's staying motivated training plans are training plans you can find a million of them online we've put one together that we feel like is catered just for beginners if you want a little bit extra challenge say you're 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 wanting to run a faster marathon then dean's your guy all you got to do is send dean a message that's the beauty about this club is you've got access to dean so speaking of challenges i'm challenging you that if you're listening to this and you're one of the fifteen thousand people who have reached out to us and said hey I want more information, meaning you saw an ad on social media or wherever you saw the ad, you clicked and you gave us your email address. Number one, you've been getting a lot of emails, and we've already explained that in some of the emails, why we do it. Because we want you in this club. We understand what this can do for you. So right now, it's December the 27th. You've got about, I don't know, two weeks until this thing starts. Pray about it. And when you get peace with it, go for it. Go to runforgod.com, sign up. You can join by the month. You can join by the quarter. The cheapest way to join is by the year. It's 27 cents a day. I mean, come on, 27 cents a day. If anything, you're donating to a ministry that wakes up each day trying to figure out how they can share the word and the love of Jesus Christ with the lost and dying world through the sport of running that's my challenge that's awesome yeah you know it it strikes me too that uh, i know there are people there's a there's one group in particular that uh that i 
I don't even I don't even want to talk about who it is or what it's affiliated with or anything, but it's a group that I just believe in what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I probably I don't take advantage of all of the now there's a bunch to take advantage of. I don't take advantage of all of it, mm-hmm. but I feel really good because I know that that money is going to a good place. And so for a lot of you, um, I get it. I, there's people that, that think, well, I don't know if I've got time to listen to a podcast every week and listen, listen. Again, just like you said, we're trying to share the the gospel with runners out there. Dean, as as the time of this recording, last week, now this is the Christmas season, so it gets really busy. There were six salvations that came through our website. Now, that's not patting your eye on the back because we had nothing to do with that. But it happened through this ministry. It happened through the tools that we offer online, tools that God works through. You or I cannot do this, but... It can't be. It can't. It couldn't have been done without that website. Now I say, I say that God can do anything, but the tools would not have been there had it not been for supporters of this ministry right. and members of this run club. And at the end of the day, I actually had a meeting um, just this past week with a, a young lady who's going to be helping us on our marketing, and and we went through all these different things, and then we got, and that's when I found out we had six last week. We got to because that's one of the weekly tasks around here is to. Check on those salvations because we send them some free resources. We send them uh, several things. And I said, at the end of the day, everything we just talked about leads up to this. And, and I pulled up our, our um, web page where, where we analyze all that and, and we get that information. And I saw six sitting there and I was just floored. I said, this can't be right. I said, this seems like a lot for this. But then I remembered it's Christmas. Yeah. And Christmas, it always spikes. Yeah. And um, so, yes, we have a lot of fun here. The Facebook group is unlike any other. Anybody will attest to that. We keep the riffraff out. We don't let you in, number one, if you're not a member. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and and we, we patrol it very closely. It's always uplifting and inspiring. It's motivating. Yeah. Um, but we have a lot of fun. Yeah, and we, we do. do a lot of hard things. But at the end of the day... The goal is to reach people with the love and hope of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So are you one of those who this time of year you get tied up in knots at all about Christmas or are you are you like me? I, <laughs> you know, I, I don't get tied up in knots because of parties and things like I don't stress about the, the activities of Christmas time. It's just a really busy time yeah. for us, really. I mean, yeah. we're, we're trying to get ready for Run Club and so... You know, I have to I have to really work at keeping my perspective and focus where it needs to be. Yeah. Um, because we've always talked about the devils in our schedules. And sure. schedules really get busy this time of year. But I like to be busy. I really do. And I say that and I talk on here a lot about I also have to find time to do nothing. Yeah. Because that's where I can really focus on God's word and, and listen to what he's saying. Um but no, I don't get tied up in the uh, the Christmas parties and all that. I mean, I I show up and do what I got to do, and um, but no, I don't I don't get tied up in the details. Now you may ask Holly, and it may be a different story, but uh, for me, no. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how I. And the older I get, the more I appreciate the holiday season for what it's really about. Yeah, that's the way I feel for sure. Yep. All right, so we're going to talk about our sponsor of the day again. If you own a business out there. You know, it's the end of the year. Do you want to jump on board for next year? 
send an email to runlanehollis at gmail.com. We would love for you to come on and support Run for God and allow us to do the same for your business. Uh, this week's sponsor is a good friend of ours, Billy Barton, Barton Dentistry. Barton Dentistry, which is located right here in Dalton, Georgia, um, is the best location for your dental needs. Billy Barton, the owner and a friend of ours, will guarantee that your needs are met with excellence. And that is true. Both of my no. kids uh, have have used Billy. I use Billy. My wife uses Billy. Uh, you can give him a call at 706-226-3404 or go to their location at 1435 Broderick Drive. So um, kudos to, to Billy and all his staff over there. We really appreciate what you do for us. Yeah, you know what I love about Billy's office is everybody there seems happy. They do. Everybody there is helpful. Everybody there just they, – they all – it's a great team. Well, they have to be because most people are, who are coming in there are just <laughs> – dreading coming well they don't there. have to be they don't have to be but, yeah but, but if you're like me i mean billy's a great friend but i do not like to go see him in a professional setting <laughs> i'm the same <laughs> way well we have a facebook post from this past week and this one is from alan sibley and uh he's new to run club and uh this is the post that he had this is my first post today was an awesome gift from the lord i finished a 10k today it was a total surprise to me. My sister-in-law had signed up but was not feeling up to it, so I took her place 30 minutes before start time. I had on tight blue jeans, the wrong socks, and was not prepared. I had run slash walked a 5K on Labor Day weekend, my first race ever. Then, follow, then, following, then the following week, I had shoulder cuff surgery. I have been recovering from... From that, for four for three months, I had already signed up as a leader for run for the Run for God Run Club, uh, and and just today, I, I was doubting myself and thinking that I should not do this. Well, I believe God gave me a wonderful wake up call. The run was at Callaway Gardens through the Fantasy of Lights. It was awesome. I pretty much walked the whole time, but I lived it. I for, I forgot how much I enjoy being outside, walking and running. God is so good. Well, I was so into the lights that I missed the turnoff for the finish line. I started going around the whole course for a second time. So you ended up being all alone on the trail, just being God. It was absolutely beautiful. I did not let it bother me. Finally, a trolley picked me up. Total mileage for the night ended up being 7.56 miles. <laughs> Isn't God amazing how he gets our attention and points us in, in, a, in his direction? It's 1 a.m. and I have finally calmed down enough to go to bed. All honor and praise to my Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. God is so good all the time. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Don't you love that story? That's pretty awesome. 7.56 miles and he went to do a 10K. That's uh yeah he took a little bit of a wrong turn yeah he, what strikes me about this is a lot of times any situation that we find ourselves in is really a matter of perspective mm -hmm. and he chose this positive perspective to look at this situation he could have been angry he could have been like why didn't somebody point me the right way why yeah. you know but instead he was like it was I was just so into it and I loved it so much and I got in this extra and it was okay and I just I love the spirit that he has in this uh, how many times do we find ourselves we're in a bad situation and we feel sorry for ourselves right i mean we we do it we all do it we've all done it at least a few times yeah but um and i wonder how many times i've missed out on something really cool like what he 
felt in this that night. I wonder how many times I've missed out on that feeling because I was angry instead of appreciative. Well, it's just like you were talking about the the Christmas season. You know how many how many times have we missed out on God revealing Himself to us this time of year, especially because we're just caught up in details of whatever's going on. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, I think about to, um, you know, in Scripture when um, Jesus comes to the house of Mary and. One's running around and doing dishes and all this stuff, and and one is sitting at the feet of Jesus, washing his feet with her hair. That that's kind of how we are. That's kind that's kind of the two extremes during this time of years. And, and I'm usually the guy running around and, and doing this, and and but we need to find that time to sit down at, at Jesus's feet. Yeah. And think about what he what he did for us. Yeah. Over two thousand years ago, and and sending in a son, and ultimately dying for our sins, and. For sure. The gravity of that. But so many times we're we're running around cleaning house, getting stuff ready, wanting to know why the person who's sitting there taking in what Jesus is trying to tell us, why they're not helping us. Yeah. Um, I'm guilty of that. We I all. really am. And so it's yeah. uh, it's just another good reminder. Great, great post and perspective on how we should all be this time of year. I love the way he says, I, I forgot about about how much I love being outside and it makes me think I remember when I was a kid the I'll never ever forget it the picture is so vivid in my mind my uncle took me to a baseball game it was the first time I'd ever been in any kind of a large stadium or anything like that and I was just a kid I was I don't know six maybe Mm -hmm. and uh, I remember you know how it is when you walk into a stadium you walk into the outside of the stadium and then you, you walk into that little tunnel that, that gets you out to the field, and I'll never forget the picture in my mind seeing that. And it was like it was like the Wizard of Oz, and, and, and you know when it becomes colorful, you know it was like so amazing to me. The same thing happens to me every year. The first track meet, oh, I just I walk around the the track like oh it's track season. This yeah. is so awesome, you know. Yeah. It, it's it's really cool when we come to that realization. Like that first warm day in spring. Yeah, 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 same kind of thing. It's all good. All right, so we had a trivia question. Um, And this trivia question that we had last week was one that was we had gone over in a previous podcast, and so it should have been, if you're a faithful listener, should have been an easy one. Mm -hmm. Um, So the question was, how much glycogen is in your body when it's full? And then there was a bonus for if you knew about how long that would last with intense exercise. So, glycogen. Did you know this one? Yeah. You knew this one. one. Actually, I think you brought it up. Yeah. So, your muscles contain varying amounts of glycogen. Um, and it's uh, for, for a well-nourished person who weighs about 170 pounds or so, stores about 500 grams of glycogen. Um, which is about 2,000 calories of glycogen. Um, and that's, uh, um, that's about enough for a couple of hours mm-hmm. worth of activity. And, and that's about it. And that's why fueling for a marathon is so important. Now, just to be clear, you, you burn through that glycogen, but you don't burn through 2,000 calories right. in a couple of hours. So I know people are out there getting their hopes up. That, that they're going <laughs> to burn 2,000 ca- yeah. calories an hour. Yeah. Uh, that's not how that works. Yeah. Although you can burn, cl- you can burn close to 1,000 calories an hour if, you, if you're pretty intense about it. Usually not the marathon, though. Yeah. Anyway, 
of that 2,000 calories too, interestingly, uh, about 400 grams or about 1,600 calories are in your muscles. And then about 100 grams or about 400 calories um, are, are stored in your liver mm-hmm. and are pulled out relatively quickly. But you have, to, you have to be piling some glycogen on top of that in order to continue to go after that two hours or so. And again, it depends on intensity. It's sort of like if you're driving in a car, if, you, if you're standing on the gas going 100 miles an hour, you're going to burn through the gas a lot faster than you are if you're driving at 50 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And that's the same way with our bodies. We'll burn that glycogen up a lot faster if we go faster. And so it's why it's so important. Pacing is so important. Yeah. Um, it's also why in a marathon, why so many people, um, some of the best people usually run negative splits is because the slower you run that first part and if you don't get all caught up in the hype you don't burn all the extra excess glycogen that you've got and you've preserved it for longer um negative splits usually are because of somebody being smart about their pacing well we're not gonna we're not gonna get into a whole metabolism talk here but this is this is the basis of metabolism right yeah here. it is um you know the idea that you just said it if when you start off at lower intensity you're actually burning fat it's not to the higher intensities when you start burning glycogen and that that is what metabolism is it's 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 a metabolic threshold from when your body stops burning fat and it starts using glycogen stores as fuel and the higher you can make that there's where the high metabolism comes from yeah that means you it just it simply means you burn fat at higher intensities over your glycogen stores which you know, we, we just said you got about 2,000 calories. The average person has about 2,000 calories of glycogen. The average person has about 80,000 calories of fat. Of fat yeah. So, you know, th- and we're not going to get into the whole discussion about that, but that that is the crux for metabolism, what we're talking about here. Yep. No matter how thin you are, you have an unending supply of fat to burn for energy. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I say unending. Now, you know, if you don't eat anything, and you know, eventually, well, and that's why <laughs> long when you get into the longer distance, like marathon, especially like Ironman, that's where you start to hear people try to, you know, they try to become metabolic efficient, yeah, to where they they try to train their body to burn fat at a higher intensity, not because it's better to do that for what it's not a better fuel source, but because it's a bigger fuel source, yeah. and so. You know, if you're if you're constantly burning through those glycogens, then you're having to replace it more, and that means more fuel. Well, more fuel means potential GI distress, and that's the whole that's the third discipline or the fourth discipline of triathlon. It's the second dip, discipline is running when you get out to longer distance is fueling yourself. Yeah, it's tricky. Everybody listening to this, if you've ran any races, you know that the food. <laughs> can many times take you out of the race before your legs will that's true um so yeah yep. it's, it's kind of tricky yeah i think about it like a nascar race you know you got the mm-hmm. you got those guys and you know how they try to time it and sometimes it gets down to the end of the race and they're trying to make a decision do i come in and pit or do i stay out and try to finish the race yeah. and they may run it. you've seen guys run out of gas as they cross the line yeah. and, and that kind of thing that's kind of what we're trying to do aren't we sure trying to run out of energy as we cross the line so exactly. we use it all up the most efficient way possible yep all right so we've got the marathon challenge yeah this we're going to talk about this wanna... just a little bit more but yep. we're going to talk about it from a little bit of a different angle for yep. just a second mm-hmm. so i know there's a lot of people out there who have been thinking about coaching this 
facilitating this, leading this, instructing this, whatever you want to call it. We don't put a label on that. We've had several labels through the years, but if you're thinking that you don't want to do this challenge alone or you've got some other people in your community who may look up to you as a runner, coach, teacher, whatever, and you want to get some other people involved, we have the Coaching the Marathon Challenge Challenge, and it's not too late to start. That's if right. you're a member of Run Club, you already have all the tools at your fingertips. Mm-hmm. You just need to engage those tools. So how do you do this? It's not complicated. Again, we keep, we're keep we keeping things very simple. You need to go to the Coaching tab, read up on it. It's as simple as inviting some people. It can be as simple as inviting some people to your house on Sunday night, Monday night, whenever you, whatever night you want to do it. The videos drop on Sunday night. You watch a video. You talk about what was discussed in the video, and you go for a run. And you can do your runs during the week together or separate. Mm-hmm. It really can be that simple, Dean. Yeah. And we are giving you all the tools. Mm-hmm. You don't have – if you want to make it as simple as popping the video in or, or pushing play on the video, and when the video turns off, you look at everybody and you say, what would you think? Mm-hmm. It can really it can be, be that, that simple. simple. Now, yeah. for many people, it's not that simple. They, we have some instructors that do an incredible job, and we know those names. Many of us know those names. Even even the people out here in this Run Club community, that's not the bar. That that We want everybody to understand that this really can be a few people in your house. We'll have some people that will have hundreds of people yeah. doing this in their community, yeah. and that is incredible. I mean, that is a lot of work to do that. And and I thank God for every one of those instructors who do that. The instructors that can teach circles around you and I. Oh, yeah. But what we're trying to really push is that it doesn't have to be that complicated. So if you've, if you've been thinking about it, you feel like God's been prompting you to do it, then by all means do it because we say it all the time that whether you're taking the class or you're teaching the class it will change your life absolutely you get up early before the kids for your morning workout spend some time studying or reading your devotion and pick up the kids each afternoon whatever the moment J Radio has you covered. Get your account at jradio.com and download the app in your app store. J Radio, music for every moment. All right, we're back. And don't ever forget that you can send messages to me at dean at runforgod.com if you have questions about some things that we can help you with. Also, don't forget that Thursday night... Thursday nights, we're going to set aside Thursday nights in this new year that at the end of whatever our topic is for that week, we're going to take time to take questions. And so specific questions that you've got, keep in mind, you know this because you've, we've all been in that class where somebody asked a question and you were like, oh, I had the same question. I'm glad they asked that question, right? Well, if you've got a question, somebody else probably has it too. So on Thursday nights, Show up for Thursday nights, ask those questions so we can answer it for everybody. Don't hog the question to yourself. Right. Right. 
And Thursday nights are a lot of fun. I know it's not the perfect time for everybody. We we do it Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. And for some of you, that is a little bit too late. For some of you, that's if you're on the West Coast, that's a little bit too early. But but try to make it. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. We can't we can't find the sweet spot live for everybody in the country. And we have some people even tune in from outside the country at, at times. But it's a lot of fun. And yeah. it's really fun when you start engaging and you know, even if it's just poking fun of Dean. Yeah. We can all do that. <laughs> uh, but it's a great time to learn. It's a great time to get to know because we have some of the regulars. We have some regulars who are there every Thursday night. And it's like you get to know these people from all over the country. You you begin to form a relationship with these people. You get to know them and you, you feel like it's a friend that you've known your whole life, but you've never met. Yeah, And that is what's really cool, especially if you come and join us for the, the 5K. If you're a Run Club member, it's free in April that this is going to be bigger than last year's and it's just so cool to see people walk up to you you know their face you know them like you've known them your whole life but you've never actually met them you've never heard their voice exactly yeah Yeah, you've never heard their voice yeah yeah so we you know we all get to poke fun at each other's accents (laughs) um so it's a fun time so yeah join us on these thursday night lives yes and you know what I'm really enjoying about these podcasts is that we have had um, lots of new Run Club members or Run Club members submitting stories. I saw one come through yesterday. Yeah, we went, yeah, well, we have, uh, yeah, we've the last few, yeah. and we're going probably for the next several, we've got run. So if you're out there and you have your story and you haven't shared it yet, well, share it. Get Remember to do it on the website. That's right. You got to do it on the website. You can't right. just email it to Dean anymore. Right. So it's got to be through the website. That's right. But it's easy to do. It, it kind of walks you through Very it. Very easy. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, all right. Um, do you make New Year's resolutions? Do you? I do. Yeah. And I'll just throw mine out there for this year is to do, you know, I'm going to walk again. I'm going to walk with everybody this year. I did it kind of solo last year. Um, I, I want to walk that marathon and Gulf Shores, I want to do it in under six hours. Oh, so that's pretty fast. That's a challenge. That uh, I'll that's, be hurting after that one, but yeah, that's because you and I walked a half marathon in just under three, barely under three hours. Right. So continue to do that twice. That's yeah. So that's, a, that's my that's, good that's my fitness resolution is to do that. Um, that's cool. So yeah, and I've got some others. Yeah, that, that I won't share on here, but yeah, yeah, I think it's good. It's you know I. I don't really like the the phrase resolutions. Yeah. I, I just think they're goals, and I, I think it's a good time of year to do goals, to yeah. set goals, because we all need them. Yeah. You, you need to write them down. You need to plaster them on your bathroom mirror, and you need to look at them every day. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm famous um, over the last little while for talking about my plant-based diet and how mm-hmm. it changed the way I feel and, and everything. You know what I gave up for New Year's resolution one time? I gave up Diet Coke. I mean, I went from and drink, that one stuck, didn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. I drank diet. I drank so much diet coke. Seriously, you would I, have cases in your car. I remember that. Oh yeah, I yeah. would drink. I would probably drink six to eight a day. Wow, diet coke cans of diet coke, and um, I, I just I went through it like crazy. And I mean, I just people say they get addicted to it. I'm like, I just decided January first, no more. 
mm-hmm. and I drank no more. And I drank none for that entire year. I mean, zero, zero drops of Diet Coke for an entire year. And you know how much it changed me? Zero. I noticed no difference. <laughs> now, the plant-based diet has made a big wallet, difference. Though. Actually, no. It really doesn't save really? my wallet. Yeah, because I can't drink it's plain water. It's expensive to drink that much. I, I know, but I can't drink plain water. So I drink the, I put water flavoring in my water. Oh, and that cost as much. And as, so that cost, yeah, yeah. That's probably as, as just about as much as Diet Coke is. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but it's still it's better for me. Sure. So uh, for sure. So, <laughs> uh, how about a story about how much opportunity is around us all the time? There's we have opportunity after opportunity. This one comes from a Run Club member by the name of Patsy Arnold. You've probably seen her post mm-hmm. some stuff. Um, it's called Unending Opportunities to Share the Gospel. My story starts out a lot like Mitchell Hollis's in that my first marathon was the Walt Disney World Marathon in 2008. I ran 13 more inside of five years to 2013 when I ran Walt Disney World Marathon again and had to take an unfortunate hiatus. I've always wanted to run a marathon. It was on my bucket list. I watched my older brother, Perry, excel in all sports, and they all came so easily to him. I was always very active growing up with gymnastics, swimming, running, etc. But watching my older brother made running look so easy. So, in 2007, at the age of 42, I decided I wanted to run a marathon since I was already a 5K racer. I thought, how hard could it be? Perry always made it look so easy. He won every race he entered. Whether he showed up to a 5K or a 10K race, everyone else was vying for second place. Everyone assumed I was fast, like him. Speed runs in the family, right? Um, no. So I got in touch with team in training because I wanted to, wanted a coach and a team to run with. And the marathon they were doing was the Walt Disney World Marathon in 2008. I told my brother about it and he had the audacity to tell me, oh yeah, that's a fun race. I won it a few years ago. <laughs> what? I did not know that. But my brother never announced his winnings. He has always been very humble that way. He had won the master's division because he was 42 and came in something like fifth or sixth overall. So with team and training, I met some really great people and a really great coach and had a fantastic 16 weeks training and finishing the Walt Disney World Marathon well. But I remember thinking during those 16 weeks, gee, wouldn't it be great if this same sort of setup was run by a bunch of Christians? This would be a great ministry. Not thinking this would be anything I could head up myself, I was too chicken. But my older brother Perry did see the need to start a local running group that he coached successfully, and we jokingly called it Speedsters, and the name stuck. I did 14 more marathons with them from 2008 to 2013 and have done well. But in the back of my mind, I still saw a great ministry in running, still too chicken to head one up. I had to take a hiatus from running marathons due to my daughter's epilepsy getting too bad. I missed marathoning so badly, but I knew it was just a season. Ecclesiastes 3.1, there is appointed a time for everything, and there is a time for everything under heaven. Then lo and behold, I see this run for God thing come across somewhere. 
the answer to my prayers. I was still hesitant to lead anything because, you know, it still looks like a big responsibility, even though the Run for God website made it impossibly easy. But I started a group anyway, and a little more than a year and a half ago, uh, and this, and then COVID hit, and everything shut down, and people got nervous. I saw the need here in Southwest Florida for people to get outside and breathe in the fresh air and move, get some of that vitamin D that Florida offers so freely. The church I was attending at the time just didn't have the people ready or willing to meet up for fear of the unknown, COVID and otherwise, and the church closed its doors for several months. I was disappointed but still prayed that this was something I needed to do. So maybe next time around. That's when I talked my daughter into doing the Walt Disney World Marathon with me this January with Run for God. I've been coaching her and she has come a long way. She's so proud of how far she's come in such a short period of time. And I couldn't be prouder of her as well. So I'm hoping she can be an extra voice for me in saying, if I can do it, you can too. All praise goes to Jesus. So after we complete the Walt Disney World Marathon, I'm going to be ready to get uh, get after some people in my church to share in the joy of running and witnessing to our neighbors through different types of outreach. Romans 10, 14, and 15. How then will they call him? How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him who they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? How will the, how will they preach unless they are sent? And just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. We have an opportunity around us, or we have opportunities all around us. Wearing these snazzy Run for God t-shirts has always been a conversation starter. Recently, my daughter and I were at a gym, and this man was eyeballing me. He read my Run for God shirt and says to me, Who is God to you? I'm getting all excited thinking I get to witness. He interrupts me and says, So you believe in that little man in the sky being all sarcastic? And I said, yes, I do. And he and I turned around and walked away because I knew he wanted to antagonize me. A little while later, I'm on the elliptical machine and I can still see him looking over at me and my heart was sad for him. As he was headed out to leave, I motioned for him to come over because I really wanted to show him forgiveness and love. I could tell he had been hurt by someone in his life. And I said to him, sir, I just want to let you know that I forgive you for the way that you started to get sarcastic with me. And he interrupted me and said, no, I'm sorry. I should not have treated you that way. I'm actually a nice guy. I've just been burned by the church. You see, I was in seminary studying to be a priest. And we ended up having a nice, short conversation. He said he wanted to continue our talk because he wants to know the Jesus I know. That made me so happy. My daughter saw the whole exchange from him being antagonistic to me calling him over to witness to him and him apologizing and wanting to know more. And she said, I hope to God I can be like that someday. I asked her what she meant. She said, the way you handled him with love and forgiveness. I proceeded to tell her that we all must be ready to give an account for our Savior because the world is watching and we never know when an appointment like that will happen. 1 Peter 3.15 But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. 
I have not run into that man again this week, but hopefully soon. So you see, Run for God has many unending opportunities to witness, share good health, and change lives and lifestyles that we can all give praise to him. In his love, Patsy. <laughs> That's an awesome story, Patsy. <laughs> there's a lot in here, isn't there? There's a whole lot in here. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of examples of how we're to live in here. Um, yeah. You know, I, <laughs> I, I've, I've ran across those people. Uh, I'll never forget one specific time I had a young man come up to me to race in Chattanooga. And I could see the guy just barreling at me. I, I thought this guy was about to hit me or something. And uh, he he said a few choice words and, and basically just raking me over the coals for my T-shirt. And um, I didn't handle him the way Patsy handled this guy. I, I, I should have handled that situation better. That was years and years ago and I, I hope I've gotten better about it um, but yeah these are these are our tests yeah many times you know God God will test us God will put us in situations to see how we're going to respond and, and sounds to me like Patsy passed the test here yeah you know I was in a situation one time I was in RRCA coaching clinic yeah I remember this story yeah I mean there were I guess there were probably 30 people in the room and uh the the i won't i won't name his name but the coat the guy who was teaching the class saw my run for god shirt and he he came at me he Mm -hmm. came at me pretty hard and uh and of course you know i was just like yeah i'm a christian and yeah and i hope to i hope to take what i learn in this class and share it with the love of christ Mm -hmm. and um you know, and he was just, I think he was surprised that I was as just in his face with it as Didn't I was. did somebody else run across this same guy? That's what I was going to say. So so we go through all this. And, and honestly, by the end of the class, but this was a three-day class, I think it was. And by the third day, he and I were like good friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he was really gracious. Um, and I really think that he felt bad about mm-hmm. the way that he came at me. Well, then... I just recently got a message from somebody else who is a run for God coach um, <laughs> who went through this clinic, had this, uh, and, and he said, yeah, I had this, this coach and, and he, or this guy was teaching and he, he kind of questioned me about my run for God shirt. And it turned out to be the same guy. <laughs> I knew his name. I knew who he was. And, um, but apparently he had softened his approach a bit really? by the time um, he talked with him. Uh, it wasn't quite as antagonistic i think well you know we've we've had and and i think this is one of the areas that i think god has really worked on me through the years because early on in run for god and and still to this day but a lot more early on and i don't know why but when we started the the social media platforms the run for god facebook page and instagram and all that we had people that would it's like they woke up in the mornings and they were going to go after anything that had anything to do with god yeah and so we would have people just vile coming at us on our social media platforms and at first i deleted them if i'm just being transparent i just i really didn't know how to handle it i didn't what what, what's the right thing to do here and so i would just delete them and uh i was talking to a good friend a friend of this ministry mark yoho actually helped us write chapters nine and ten uh in the challenges and I was telling him about him, and and uh, he really encouraged me, and and he opened my eyes 
because Mark Mark does a lot of street preaching. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's at football games and World Series, and and he's the guy out on the street preaching. And and go hang out with those guys for a couple hours, and you'll change your perspective on them. Mm-hmm. I promise you, because I had my own thoughts about street preachers. Anyway, Mark told me he said Mitchell. He said those are your biggest opportunities. And I was like, what? What? You know, that doesn't make any sense. And he said, you know, those people are obviously under a tremendous amount of conviction. Mm-hmm. They're angry because they, they're they at a place in their life and, and they're just angry. And they're lashing out at, at God. It's not at Run for God. It's not at Mitchell. It's not at this ministry. They're, they're lashing out because they're angry. But he said the same vitriol that they bring to opposing, I shouldn't say vitriol, the same passion that they bring to opposing Christ, if you turn them, they'll bring that same passion in reaching people for Christ. That's right. And it really just changed my way of thinking about those people. And so I stopped deleting them, and it was amazing what happens is when those people come on there and start doing that, how the Run for God community steps in, not to condemn them, yeah, but to show them love. Yeah. You know, I know there's been a few posts, even recently, where somebody comes on and just is angry and 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 somebody will say, Well, I'm hoping you're having a great day. Yeah. And I'm like, Yeah. I you know, I've learned so much from the Run for God community in this aspect of how yeah. to extend grace. Um because it's true. The reason yeah. they're lashing at is because they are under it. If if somebody's not convicted and they don't really care, run for God, they're not going to do that. Yeah. But something is going on in their lives to where they need to hear Jesus the loudest. That's right. And many times we can do it without hardly saying anything. Yep. And yep. Um, so yeah, this is this is. Um, it's a good story. Patsy story here is just yeah. another example of that. And you know who the best example of that passion going from one extreme to the other is? Paul. Exactly. Paul, that's yeah. exactly what happened with Paul. Sure. Paul was really extreme in one direction. And once he got changed, he was really extreme in the other. Yeah. 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 I mean, God could have just struck him dead. Yeah. I mean, I delete people, but God could have just yeah. struck him dead. But instead he said, what, what are you doing? Why are you persecuting me? <laughs> yeah. And we see what happens in that aspect. You know, yeah. instance. So, yeah. Good opportunities, just like she says. First Peter 3.15 says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Um, you know, there, there's uh, that whole, the whole, I want to read the entire context of that thing. First Peter, this is 13 through 18. And who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you are blessed and do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled, but sanctify the Lord your God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed for it is better if it is the will of God to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. Mm. 
And then he goes on in that later in that same chapter to talk about that's what Jesus did for us. Mm -hmm. We we forget, I think. Think about we don't like it when we're attacked. I didn't like it when the guy attacked me in the class. I didn't like it. But Jesus took all of that to such an extreme. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus was killed literally sure. for and the idea of us thinking we are so we are treated so badly by somebody else is preposterous when you put it in context. Yeah, and but then you have people like Mark, you know, I, I'll never forget he Mark is if you've ever been to any of our races and you've seen a, a guy with a ten foot cross, that's Mark Yoho. He he's the guy that comes to our races. He's the guy who's there ready to talk to anybody about Jesus. And he was telling me about a time where he was um, not telling me about a time we had invited him to one of our races, and the race was at a Christian music festival. Mm-hmm. And so Mark does paint boards and all kind of different things. And so he stayed after for the festival and did his paint boards at the at the at the music festival, Christian music festival. And I'll never forget. I called him the next day. I said, "How did it go yesterday?" And he said, "Oh, it was terrible." I said, "What? <laughs> you know that." Partners for Christian Media who who help us with this podcast, they're the ones that put on J-Fest. I was like, what, what did they do? He said, I didn't get spit on. I didn't get beer thrown at me. I didn't get cussed out. I didn't get anything. Everybody there was so nice. <laughs> but Mark loves to go into the atmosphere yeah. of finding those people who are just triggered by the word of by the by the name of Jesus and he that's that's that is his mission field is these people that we're talking about the yeah. the people the person in this story that we're talking about that that is the gift that God has given him to go into those places and to reach those people so to to go paint on a paintboard at a Christian concert was just miserable to mark you know he thought that <laughs> he 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 doesn't feel good Unless he lays with a black eye, which he's been tackled, he's been punched, he's been all kinds of things. Yeah. And Mark is a humongous guy. Mark is probably what six six. He's a big dude. Yeah. Two hundred and fifty pounds. I mean, he's a big yeah, guy, but he's had people come at him. Yeah. And um, <laughs> yeah. So you know. But what we want to we all do, need a little more Mark in us. Yeah. Yeah. But what we, what we want to do is they hurt us, so we want to hurt them back. That's sure. our that's our immediate response. And Mark's Mark's thing is it's it it's not it's not the hurt that he feels, it's the opportunity that he feels to use Patsy's word. He sees in those comments what we what we see as being hurtful, he sees as being opportunities and doors that are open. Yeah, because he yeah. knows it's not him. That's right. He knows it's not him they're coming after and he he understands that and God's given him a piece about that. Yeah. And he gets it. Yeah. Romans 10, 14 and 15, 15. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him who they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. You know, I think our first response to this is, well, this is for preachers. 
And we have to understand that this this is not talking about preachers in the modern day context of preachers, meaning a person who's on staff at a church and gets up every Sunday. We are all called to preach. Mm -hmm. We are all called to share the good news, the gospel with the lost and dying world. And so don't read this and think you're off the hook for sharing Christ because that's the preacher's job. The, The modern day preacher is not what it's not what Paul is talking about here. That's right. The modern day preacher is everybody. Everybody who has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ is called to preach. It can be at your work. It can be through your talents. It can be through your hobbies. But we're all called. Ministry is where you're at. Yeah. Ministry is not some thing we put on. Ministry is doing what you do, sharing Christ where you're at. And so, yeah, I know for me a long time ago, I was like, oh, this is this is talking about my preacher. No, it's not. Yeah. You know, I've read this verse. This is one of those verses where I've read it several times and it struck me a little bit different this time. And it struck me this way. You know, God could have sent angels Mm -hmm. to reveal himself to to Mm -hmm. people. He could have. You know, could have done this great big fanfare thing where he announces himself. He could write it in the sky. God could have done anything huge and fantastic to announce himself, to make himself known. But instead, he chooses for you and I to do it instead. Yeah. And I think that's a privilege, right? Sure. It's and, a responsibility. And you, you can't help but think, wouldn't it be great if he just, if he, we'd have so many more people in this world. This is what we think. We would have so many more people in this world who would be following Christ if he did these great big things. Mm-hmm. But that wouldn't matter, would it? Because we go back and we look in the Bible at the examples. We <laughs> saw the Israelites who had a pillar of cloud and fire. And, and an ocean divide. O- ocean, yeah, all sorts of big. Manna fall from yeah. the sky. Yeah. 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 yeah, and they still doubt it. And, and so... Um, that's why it's so. That's why it's important for us to get to know people. And that's to why do our testimony is so important. Yeah. yeah, you know it's it's, you know it, it. Everything in Scripture is true, absolutely. But it's it's one thing to try to tell somebody who doesn't know about Jesus the stories of the Bible. I mean that God can use that to bring people to the foot of the cross all day long. Mm-hmm. But. In our time, in, in, in my life, what is so much more effective is your stories. Yep. And that, that's why we do what we do right here, because the stories are so powerful and compelling, because you can't take that from somebody. Mm-hmm. You can debate, people will debate the Bible. Because, I mean, it's thousands of years old in, in some cases. Nobody can debate what happened, what everybody around you sees that happened to Dean Thompson or what happened to Mitchell Hollis. Nobody can debate that, and everybody can see it. And so while we say we have all those big miracles back then, but the Dean of 30 years ago and the Dean of today, that's a miracle. Yeah, The Mitchell of 30 years ago and the Mitchell of today, that's a miracle. I mean, the Dean of... My dad, Bruce Hollis, 30 years ago, and the man that he was when he died, that was a miracle. Mm-hmm. And that's why stories are so powerful and yeah. why we keep needing to tell them. That's right. 
Ephesians 4.32, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Let's just be honest. This is hard. It is. <laughs> it is. It is. It is hard. Um, yeah. But it's important. Yeah. I saw a long discussion on social media recently. A guy um, had, had posted something about people not taking the Bible seriously and, and that kind of thing. And um, it was really revealing. It was very interesting to, to watch people go back and forth. And it was a thoughtful discussion. This wasn't an attack on, you know, some people believe and some people don't. It was it was this whole thoughtful process of, of how we look at um, the Bible and, and forgiveness and, and that kind of thing. Um, but it was, they were missing both, both sides again, missing the point mm-hmm. because they were so deep into the, the, this, this meaning of the Bible that they were missing the overarching theme of the Bible. Yeah. And it's, it really is simple. I'll never forget I, we were doing it, and I think it was it was a well known preacher who did a, a study one time on forgiveness, and he said this. He said, "You are to forgive everyone, every time, for everything they have ever done against you." I heard that quote last night. Yeah, and it's that you know when you put it that way, mm-hmm. it's like woo. What, kind of the context that, that Thomas Queen, one of the um, pastors at our church, was using last night was, you know, one of the one of the one of the biggest um, what's the word I'm looking for uh, ways that people are being pulled away from the the Bible nowadays is is not that they're being pulled away from Scripture, it's that that the society, the evil one is trying to change what we do with the Bible. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, it, you really have, there's really two viewpoints for, but for people who believe in the Bible, there's two view, viewpoints. Either they believe it as a suggestions, suggested ways of living. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like <laughs> my father-in-law's famous and I say it now too, you know, my, We'll go buy a stop sign, and I won't be doing the speed limit. And my kids will say, "You're doing what?" And I'll say, "Oh, that's just a suggestion." <laughs> but that's the way we've kind of gotten with the Bible. Yeah. Or you believe it's authoritative. Yeah. Well, in our society, especially nowadays, that's just not popular. No. Authoritative. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. We need to do what feels good. I'll believe the Bible, but that's just suggested ways of living. Well, that is a life in the pit of hell. Yeah. It's yeah. not suggested ways of living. It's authoritative. And when you begin to, when you believe that, then it brings on a whole nother way of looking at forgiveness and these things that we're called to do that it's not just suggestions. Yeah. It's, you do it. Yeah. Um, but we, we've gotten pulled away from that in that it's kind of like that stop sign when I make the comment. Oh, that's just a suggestion. We've, we've gotten that way about scripture yeah. and that's very dangerous and it and it has sneaked in to many of our churches sneaked in is that is that right snuck in, snuck in. Yeah. it's snuck <laughs> into many of our churches as so when you ask people do you believe in the bible oh yeah yeah i believe in the bible yeah well 
nowadays we need to dig a little deeper than that. We do. Um, sure. Do you believe it's authoritative? Yeah. That will get people squirming in their seats. Well, you want to you want to feel a little uncomfortable. Not really, but go for it. <laughs> we, think, we think about the the woman that was caught in adultery, right? That's yeah. in the Bible. We have a very clear picture of of kind of who she was and what was going on, and um, she's basically the equivalent of a criminal today. Sure, we see how Jesus treated her, right? Yeah. Well, let me ask you this: How do we feel about the guy who drove his SUV through a parade mm. right now? What what's in our heart when we think about that? What do we want to do? I mean, we want to lash out at that guy. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure that he gets the harshest sentence possible. We want, and, and should he pay for what he's done? Yes. We're not suggesting that the guy should be let go and we should just wrap our arms but around him and, and hug him. should do that. Yes. But what we should do as Christians is we should be praying for that man. And forgive him. And forgive him. Yes. And uh, that's hard to do. Because that's not, again, that's not a suggestion that the that the Bible's making. That's, that's right. not a suggestion that Jesus made. That's right. Or God made. That's authoritative. You do this. And we conflate things because we take what that man did and we, we make that who he is. Right. And that was an act that he committed, just like the lady that was caught in the act of adultery. That was an act that she committed that was wrong and that was evil. Yeah. It, it wasn't her and who she was and so God Jesus condemned what she did but then loved her and said don't do that anymore and 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 change your ways you know we're we're to love people as God loves people yeah. and last night in the youth <coughs> they did we we do this uh hot topic questions not every year about this time and it's where basically we let the youth ask questions which can be very dangerous <laughs> And, but so, so we have them submit the questions. We don't let them do them live because you know how youth are. You never know what you're going to get. So, but one of the questions last night, and we, and we have a, we had a panel of kids up on stage who knew what the questions were and they, they kind of gave answers. They had time to research and give their answers. But one of the questions was, why does God love us? And, you know, when I saw the question pop up, you know, I started thinking about because I do this or what, what, whatever. I, I, I knew the answer, but that's not where my mind went. I started thinking about, I started making it about me because yeah. I'm a Christian because, you know, I, yeah, we do run for God because whatever. And, and that's kind of where my mind was going. And. Um, one of the cook girls, she's probably, I don't know, 12. <laughs> she made everybody sit back in their chairs because everybody kind of gave some answers. You know, we kind of put it out to the youth. Why does God love us? And you had all these answers that were kind of very similar to my answers. And this 12 year old, very shy, Thomas looked at her and said, uh, I can't remember her name. It's one of the young cook girls. Anyway, she said, because God is love. And I was like, she is so smart. Wow. I was like, wow. wow. You know, I think Lane even put his head down in his hands and was like, Duh. how does she get that? <laughs> and, but it's it's right. It's, it's who he is. Yeah. And he calls us. He doesn't suggest to us. He 
demands that we love as he loved. And so mm-hmm. when it comes to somebody doing something as heinous as what happened with that parade, yeah, that's terrible. But I've done some terrible things too. And yeah. thank God, God is love. And he and forgave you. Exactly. And therefore. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. How about this question? We've kind of already answered this question, but how can we show love to those who are reluctant to hear the word or are bitter? And I kind of like to talk about the ones that are reluctant to hear the word. We've kind of already hashed that one out, but then you've got these people who are bitter about it. And I guess that's what she, that's what she encountered was this guy who was a little bitter based on his experience. Um, there are a lot of people who are hostile towards Christianity um, and people that go out of their way. You mentioned some of them yourself that mm-hmm. uh, there are people that wake up in the morning and they're just bent on, yeah. on trying to give Christians a hard time. Um, it's really difficult to talk to somebody who's bitter. Um, but I think the best thing we can do is to react in a way where we, we show them love first in whatever way that is and however that is, and every situation is different. Um, but then we have to get past that and go to another thing you talked about was we have to tell them our story. Mm-hmm. We have to get to the point where not only do we accept them and we love them and we show them that we, we care about them, but then we've got to say, let me tell you what God's done for me. Mm-hmm. And I can't speak to what you've been through but let me tell you what he's done for me. And that's what she did in this mm-hmm. story is she basically, it sounds like he said, the way he put it was, I, I want to I get to know the Jesus you know. Sure. Um, because they were talking about two different people. Right. right? That's where we got to get to, don't you think? Yeah, and I think even harder than those people sometimes. I, I had this situation this past week. I think to me the hardest ones are People who are apathetic. Yeah. People who, there's a gentleman in our community who just died this this past year. Very, very wealthy person in our community. Kind of a pillar of the community. And um, I had met with him on several occasions. He had actually donated to Run for God. Um, But would admittedly tell you that he just doesn't believe all this Jesus stuff thinks what we're doing is great thinks we're helping people getting people active giving people hope you know he uses all the language that you think he's a christian but he's lost as the day is long yeah and he'll tell you that yeah no, well he doesn't say i'm lost he's right. i don't don't believe all that yeah and i was i was really convicted and i think i may have even talked to you about this guy mm-hmm. um I remember saying, I, I feel like I need to call him and, and go sit down about this specific subject. Yeah. And I didn't. And then he died. And, you know, that, that weighed heavy on me for a while. Well, I got the opportunity to have, I had lunch with his son um, this past week. And I picked up on some of the same yeah. things. And yeah. so uh, yesterday, the day before yesterday, I sent him a text and asked if, after Christmas, if he and his wife would come here and, and have dinner, yeah. because I I didn't do that once, and I feel like God, like okay, here's his son. I 
Can't didn't have, even know this guy was going to be at the lunch I was going to. Yeah. And he sits down right in front of me and introduces himself, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, God, I hear you. Um, so can't, can't help but think of people. If you're out there, pray about this guy um, yeah. because I really feel like God just placed this guy right in my path for yeah. a reason because um, he's, he's his father's son. Yeah. And you hear the same things. I mean, very complimentary, loves what we're doing, but just seemingly empty. Yeah. I can't help but think of Peter when Jesus gives him the opportunity to redeem himself. Yeah. You know, God puts somebody in front of you to say, you're, you're okay. Yeah. Here's, here's, an, here's an opportunity. And yeah. So uh, I think that's And really, when I was telling my kids awesome. tonight, the, the father – you know, I know that people all over this town for years have been presenting the gospel to him. Yeah, yeah. And so you start to think, <laughs> what am I going to do? Right. But he could he could be presented the gospel a thousand times, but that thousand and one, it's true, might be the one. And we can't. There again, that's another excuse we allow ourselves. It's kind of like the whole. You know, the Bible's talking about the preacher here. You know, the the Bible doesn't tell us to go spread the gospel to the ends of the earth only to people that's never heard it yeah we're to go spread the gospel to people who have heard it a thousand times that's because true because a thousand and one might be the answer it's a good so. good point how can we trust god in times of confusion <laughs> i mean you just look at what god's done in times of confusion in the past i mean the bible is full of times of confusion mm-hmm. and what what god has did look what solomon did you know solomon Solomon could have asked for anything. Um, and what did he do? He asked for wisdom. Um, and then all of those other things fell in place. And I, I, I think about that in our, in our context is if we'll, if we'll ask God for the help, if we'll ask him to guide us, if we'll trust God in time, in, in, in good times and bad times, times of confusion, times of, of where we know where everything's at, um, then he'll let things fall in place just like he did for Solomon when he gave him that wisdom because that's what he asked for. If that's what we ask for is something similar to that. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we went through these questions last night as a family and, and I said that this is this is just a reoccurring theme for me um, the past year or so. But, you know, times of confusion, times of chaos, and that, that is common in our lives and our society. That's when it's it's very easy to make mistakes and coming back to what I, what I've said so many times is, you know, the, the, the question is how do we trust God in times of confusion? Well, first thing you got to do many times is stop, stop, stop. Just, you know, yeah. you've been in, we've been in those situations where confusion, chaos, we're panicking and we react to something and it's the wrong thing mm-hmm. where what we should have done was stop yeah and listen you know in this case stop and what is god trying to trying to tell me but you know so many times we 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 get in those instances and we just start making things worse and worse and worse either whether it's our temper start flaring up or we get sloppy or we start making mistakes and one mistake leads to another mistake sometimes we just gotta stop yeah and many times that's what god is telling us to do yep but we feel like we've got to fix this or we've got to do this or we've got to make this right or whatever it is and um sometimes the hardest thing to trust is to stop because we think oh it's just going to fall apart if we stop right many times that's the answer yeah and you know from another angle i think oftentimes what we see 
with with this when things are in confusion we we just want to solve the problem in the way that we think the problem should be solved it, right. with a, with the resolution that we think it should be so i don't want to get political but covid is a good example i keep hearing people talk about a world in which there is no more covid right sure um that's probably i think it's clear at this point that's probably not going to happen right. and yet we have to figure out how to go stop like you're talking about and take a step back and go, okay, what is real here? What is truth here? Yeah. What, what we really want can't happen. What we've been talking about can't happen. Let's figure out now. Let's take the time to figure out how do we address it now? Instead, we just keep barreling ahead as if we're constantly reacting to things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we, we, we have to figure out how to manage things sometimes and not just get rid of things. What we want to do is we want to, we want to ball the piece of paper up and throw it in the trash. It's, and oftentimes you can't do that. It's like my wife tells me all the time. I and mean, I feel like my wife is the Holy spirit sometimes because <laughs> you know, I'll get that email. We all get those emails where we just start typing. I mean, we're just fired up. We're typing and typing and my wife is so good about saying don't hit send until tomorrow. <laughs> and and that 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 is true. Yeah. I mean because usually when we do things in haste. Yeah. <laughs> very rarely, very rarely does it go good and we just need to stop. Yep. Listen to what God is telling us rather than what the little voice inside our head is saying that we need to do retaliate, get back, whatever it is. That's never the voice of God we're listening to. Yeah. Last question and this one is obvious. Where should we get our strength when everything seems too difficult? I mean, you just you just said it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at at the risk of going to that same well again, we've talked about Matthew eleven several times. Being yoked with sure with uh, Jesus, his burden is light. He wants to help us. He he also says in there. He says, "Learn from me," and if we'll take that time, that that premise of being yoked with Jesus. It's all the strength we need is if we can just get to that point. While you are working hard to keep your body in shape physically, the music you listen to while you run can help keep you in shape spiritually. We have partnered with J Radio to put together a group of running playlists by Mitchell, Lane, Holly, me, and others that you hear on the Run Club podcast. Plus, you can listen to a playlist put together by members of Run Club just like you. Check out the whole station of Run For God playlist now at jradio.com and in the J Radio app. All right, we're back. And uh, the, other, the other day I was at Costco, you know, where you meet everybody, right? Costco's yes. so busy. And <laughs> so I ran into a doctor who's a friend of ours and... Um, we were talking about the plant-based diet um, and he said something and I thought about this before, but I thought it was really, it was really good um, to, to stop and really think about this. And the question is this, do you eat to live or do you live to eat? And that's a really important question because there's a lot of people who have health issues today because they live to eat. And 
we should be eating to live. I I live, and I shouldn't say I live. I like, you know me. I'm a uh, yeah. I'm a cook. Yeah. I, I like I like barbecuing and smoking, and I like. I I don't say I live to eat, but I like the, I like the preparation. Yeah. I like the presentation. I like. I'm a connoisseur of. I like cooking and food and and, but I don't live to eat. I, I know what you're saying. I think there's a big difference of. Yeah, I think what you're talking about is more of a hobby kind of thing. Sure, it's, yeah. it's what you enjoy doing, and yeah. and that's different than. You a lot know, of people when they get done eating, they already start thinking about that's the right. next meal, and. That's right. That's yeah. the way my mother was. Yeah, um, and and it, it broke and my I don't, heart. I don't sometimes. do that. I, I, yeah, you're right. Mine's a hobby. So yeah, 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 and, I, of course, I've never been. I've never been that way. I've never eating has never been something that's been just critically important to me other than to as fuel. Mm -hmm. But I noticed that the deeper that I get into this plant-based diet, the less I care Mm -hmm. about what I eat and about, and it's, I don't, it's not because the food's bad. (laughs) That's, that's what it sounds like I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I think though, that the more that I see that how food affects my health and my fitness level and other things, the more I realize it really is like going to a gas station and filling up with gas. You just got to make sure you put the right stuff in and then, and then keep, keep moving. And it's funny cause I, I'm almost never hungry anymore. I hardly ever get to that point where I'm like, Oh gosh, I'm so hungry. I've got to eat. I almost never get there anymore. Isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's weird. But that's that's kind of where I am. Yeah, see, I've never looked at food as is just a gas station. Uh, yeah, it's and and don't get me wrong, I don't. I'm not. We don't go to expensive restaurants and eat yeah. Them, but I like I like the challenge of taking a moderately good piece of meat and making it something really good. Yeah, and yeah. so yeah, I don't look at it. It's got to be. It's a really nice gas station. Yeah, for me. Well, see, I look at that like I look at, um, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna build something, you know, taking pride in doing the best job you can, yeah. making it look the, be- you know, if you're gonna remodel something and you want it to look, you know, that that's kind of. But the you're way the I guy look. that makes guys like me mad. You know, I spend all day cooking whatever it is, and you come over for dinner, and you're like, yeah, that's good, and you're yeah. like, what? <laughs> you, you just don't yeah. get it. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So, that's Next true. Time I cook for you, Dean. You, you, you know right. how to react when you All get right. done now. I, I got it. <laughs> All you're right. just going to be lying going forward. It, well, that was so good. That's, you're lying, Dean. That's what you just told me to do. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's a time for Dean's thoughts. And that's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. Have you ever wanted something really badly? Well, sometimes you have to quit wanting something what do i mean well let me explain this one's called stop wanting it most of us have goals and dreams that manifest themselves in various ways we can become obsessed with our goals talking about them endlessly but that's not enough for many dreamers the next step in the in the process is to write those goals down we know that studies show that writing them down makes it more likely that we will reach those goals Another step is to prominently display those written goals somewhere that will remind us of our vision daily. 
Bathroom mirrors, dressers, closets, and refrigerators are popular places to display goals because they are places we spend time daily. Some even go a step further and take time to visualize those things taking place. Closing your eyes and picturing the accomplishment of a goal shows a commitment to the goal for sure. And we know the studies show that visualization works. All those things are great steps towards a goal, but they're not enough. There is one more thing that needs to happen on the way to reaching those goals. You can want those things so much that you're willing to talk about them publicly. You can want them so much that you write them down and commit to reading them every day after you display them somewhere conspicuous. You can want your goals so much that you're willing to spend time visualizing the goal being accomplished, but there's one more thing you need to do. You have to quit wanting it. (laughs) What? That's right. Quit wanting it. You must decide that you are going to reach your goal. Let me use myself as an example. I have run every day except one for the last 10 plus years. There have been days when I am crazy busy all day. When I get to the end of that day, I'm exhausted. The last thing I want to do is to go for a run. But I have already decided that I will go for a run. Do you see the difference? It seems subtle, but it is oh so powerful. If you're having difficulty reaching a goal, maybe it's because you have stopped at wanting it. You can do do all the things it takes to reach a goal, but if it will require you to go through obstacles to reach it, you can be easily derailed by those things that get in your way. But when you go a step further and decide that you will reach your goal, it can make all the difference when you're presented with those obstacles. If you're not sure about this advice, Ask someone who has quit smoking after struggling with it. uh, Ask them what the turning point was. I bet you find out that they had finally decided they were going to quit. It is very similar in our faith journey. When we make a decision to follow Christ, we must realize that it is a decision. We're not going to try to follow Christ. We're locked into the commitment. We have decided that we are His, and we are going to seek and follow His plan for our lives. Wanting to follow Jesus is good. It's a good step. But if we don't take the next logical step of deciding how to do what He directs, then we run the risk of being like the church of Laodicea. They were infamously lukewarm in their faith. Jesus wants us to decide to be on fire for Him, not lukewarm. And when you decide to run that marathon, it will, in all likelihood, happen. So quit wanting and start deciding. It could make all the difference. Hmm. That's a good perspective, Dean. You ever thought about that concept of wanting versus deciding? Yeah, it's very similar to, you you probably had a friend of ours, one of the dads in triathlon. He used to to be famous for saying, his kids would say, I'm going to try to do that. And he'll say, no, you're either going to do it or you're not going to do it. You yeah. either do or you don't. You don't try. And it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Yoda thing. Yeah. I don't. I, I'm not a Star Wars. Is that Star Wars or Star <laughs> yeah. Trek? Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. I, I've never watched it. But yeah, I mean, it's, 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 um, it kind of goes back to another thing Thomas said last night in the sermon. He was talking about how, you know, so many things in the Bible, again, it's authoritative. And he said, but there's so many things that, Jesus has already given us direction on, 
And, you know, as church people, we say, what do we say? We'll, we'll pray about it. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing there. It, mm-hmm. It's a cop out many yep. times. Yep. Um, now, there are things you need to pray about. Absolutely. Sure. But, you know, hey, you need to come back to church. Well, I'll pray about it. No, <laughs> scripture's pretty clear. Yeah. <laughs> you need to be in church. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's 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 not waffling it's it's making the decision and yeah this is uh, we read this last night as a family and and you know for lane we were talking about you know the goal setting and you know having goals and you don't you don't try to reach them because if you go in with that mentality it's gonna be very difficult to reach them yeah but if you go in with the the conclusion that i'm gonna reach them it's a lot easier makes a big difference yeah, you know, I've got this big race coming up this weekend. We'll have been done by the time this comes out. Um, and I had some specific workouts that I wanted to do for this particular race. Well, I didn't do them. Um, why didn't I do them? Well, this very reason. I didn't really make a decision that I was going to do them. I just thought these would be some good workouts to do to get mm-hmm. ready for this race. Well, I didn't do them. Um, hopefully, I'm going to run anyway. But it's... It, it, it illustrated this point um, that if we don't decide, no matter what our, I mean, I, I this race is important to me. I really mm-hmm. want to do well in this race. But um, because I didn't make that serious commitment to doing it, I didn't get it done. Could I have done it? Sure. I could have. Just didn't. Yeah, just, it's just kind of funny. Taken some plan. There, there's other there's other areas of our life that I think about. It, and it's the same thing. You know, we had the discussion last night. Uh, was laying in lane and we just got done with our Bible study time and and Holly asked the boys I don't remember what it was she asked the boys something we needed them to do and she posed it in the form of a question to them hey do you think you can and I whatever it was yeah and I saw the look on their face their wheels turning like I can say no here and I said no you need to get this whatever and and landon even spoke up and he said mom always kind of ask it in the form of a question and you always ask it as if you need to do this and i said which one do you like better and he said usually the way you ask it, or whether you say it because it's yeah it's you don't want it's got to be done yeah yeah you know and it's like lane when we always make fun of lane when we go out to eat because he'll the waiter will come up and say what can I get you? And he'll say, can I have, I'm like, yeah, yes, you can. You know, so it's, it's our language many times, yeah. especially with kids. You, yeah. If I ask, Hey, can you take out the garbage? And, and, and then you get mad later cause the garbage didn't take it out. And you're like, well, you ask a question. Yeah. Yeah. You got to say, take out the garbage. That's true. So yeah. it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. I think back to this plant-based diet thing we were talking about a little bit ago. I, I remember, I made a decision that I'm going to try this for 30 days. And I'm when I made that decision of changing my diet for 30 days, I made a decision and just went, that's the way I like to do things. People who just kind of, you know, they kind of morph into something. That's not Dean. Dean mm-hmm. doesn't do things that way. It's just black and white, just like the Diet Coke I talked about. It's yeah. one day I'm drinking six a day, the next day, zero a day. Right. In this case, I was not on a plant-based diet. The next day, I'm on a plant-based diet, and I'm not eating any meat for the next 30 days. And um, 
But you know, that made a difference. If I had decided I'm going to try to eat a little bit better and just see how it affects me. I don't know if I would, if it would have changed me, right. but what changed me was the fact I, I was willing to trust. That's right. I, I got to decide to do it. Yeah. 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 And you, you mentioned smoking in here. I mean, that's, that's exactly what happened to me. Yeah. You know, for probably two years, I, in air quotes here, tried to quit smoking. Mm-hmm. I did the patch, the pill, the gum, you know, everything, all these things that you hear of. And what I realized is, number one, I really didn't want to quit because I enjoyed smoking. I'll be yeah. honest. I enjoyed it, but I knew it wasn't healthy for me, but I was wanting something else to quit for me. Yeah. And so finally, when I decided to quit, it was kind of like you with the Diet Cokes. I was smoking a pack a day and I said, all right, we're done. And so I went cold, cold turkey, but I had it in my head that I'm no longer a smoker mm-hmm. and I never picked one back up. But when I was trying to use these band-aids and these things to do it for me, I never really had the commitment in my heart. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like, you know, I'm going to I'm going to kind of ease into plant-based. Well, that kind of tells me you really don't want to do it. Yeah. Um and you, there's not many things you can do until you make your mind up that you're going to do them. Yeah. At least do successfully. Yep. Yep. I thought about you when I was writing this about that very thing. Yep. So if you're out there, stop wanting it. Mm-hmm. Decide to do it. If you've ever participated in any sport, you've probably met a great coach. Great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible. You can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible. You, yes, you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person. All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things. All right, so we're back, and again, we're beating the same drum. Become a coach. Become a facilitator. Take the Coaching the Couch to Marathon Challenge. Challenge this January. There's still time. It's January. I mean, it's December the 27th right now. Go to runforgod.com. Click on the coaching tab. Learn more about it. You've got all the tools if you're a member. There's nothing else you have to do except do it. So do it. So do it. Well, last week I went to the Running Lane National Championships. Yeah. How'd that go? Oh, my gosh. Those Newberry Park guys. That is unbelievable. You got some of the best runners across the entire country coming to one place to run a race, and the first three places were the guys from the same team. That is astounding. All three of them broke the national record for 5K cross country. Which, crazy. which had stood. It was Dathan Ritzenhein who had it. Dathan Ritzenhein is retired now. That's been a long time ago mm-hmm. that that happened. And, uh, I mean, just unbelievable how fast it's the greatest high school cross country team of all time by all long and you know what foot locker canceling their races in 2020 is going to prove to be a huge mistake yep 
because this is what happened. They stepped in the gap mm-hmm. and filled that hole. I mean, there was no reason for them to cancel those races. I mean, it's just nope. Things were already kind of. We won't get into that, but I think I think Foot Locker is probably kicking themselves right now. Yep, because that's all you heard about was this race now same time frame you know they they just they when they saw Foot Locker was shutting everything down it was almost a blitz to put this race together yeah. I, I remember it was it was like they were they were trying to get the top runners and they got them and now it's everybody realized what a great venue it is um so yeah yeah that's it's pretty cool and man what a great uh it's a great course but there's a lot of discussion about that course I've seen online. A lot of people questioning whether the course is accurate and, and all of that stuff. And the main thing you need to understand about cross country, first of all, is that there's no such thing as a there is such a thing as a national record, but it's you have course records in cross country. Sure. Course records are what matter. They're so different. And they are. They are. And, and none I, of none of them are to the to the foot accurate yeah it's kind of a it's kind of impossible to do that yeah when you've got when you're running on a golf course fairway that's 60 yards wide yep you know so yeah well i ran it and my gps watch at the end after i got through said 3.13 which means i ran at least a 5k a little bit over and so uh, it seems legit from uh, from that standpoint um, typically, if a course is measured accurately, you're going to get, on a 5K, you're going to get 3.13 to 3.15 or 1.6 or so um, for an accurately measured course because it's impossible to run a perfectly mm-hmm. short line. So, I don't know. I think it's just, it's got really good footing. It's got long straightaways. There are no sharp turns mm-hmm. in the entire race. Um, and it's, I think that's what it is. Short, long, whatever you say about the course, those three guys, that was impressive. Yes. Yep. <laughs> There's, you can't take that from them. No question. All right. How about a trivia question for this week? This is a good one. Um, this is an interesting one to dig into. There were two brothers who ran a shoe company in the middle of the 20th century. Eventually, they began a feud that led to each of them starting their own company. Who were the brothers, and what companies did they start? You know this one, mm-hmm. yeah. Did this yeah. one? Did you did you hear about this one from Coley? Yeah, he's told yeah. me this story two or three yeah. times. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the only reason I know it. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting story. It though. is, and yeah. when you dig into it, it it is definitely uh, fascinating. So, look that up, and then send your answer to Dean at RunForGod.com. And if you're the first person to send the correct answer. To Dean at runforgod.com. You win a run club box and it has a t shirt in it, so we need your t shirt size too. So when you send your answer, also give me your t shirt size. Yeah. And your address. That's helpful too. We yeah. may have your address. If you on don't file. send it, Gay's going to be reaching back Th- out to that's you to right. get it. So just go ahead and send your address. Yeah. Makes the whole process more yeah. streamlined. Yeah. Every week we share a reason why running is so awesome. And this week, the reason is this. Running shoes are fun. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people who just love shoes in general. and uh, But runners, you know, runners have a special bond with their shoes. See, you look at shoes like I look at food, and I look at 
shoes like you look at food. <laughs> shoes are just something you put on your feet, and there's really nothing to them. But you and my son think that shoes are the greatest thing, and all the colors and the. I look oh. at it as is going to the gas station and putting on shoes to go run. Yeah, but I don't know if I agree with that because you know what I do. I go and I find whichever whichever color is cheapest. Those are the ones but I buy. But you know every new shoe that's out. You know about the vapor flies and the whatever and the whatever and the carbon and who's doing what and are they legal or not legal. I, I couldn't tell. The only, the only knowledge I have of all that is from you and Lane. Well, I'm talking to runners all the time. so That's true. You know, a lot of times that's that's where I get my information yeah. is, is through them. So, yeah. But, but I do like a new pair of shoes. Yeah. I'll say that. It is. Doesn't it feel good? Oh, man. New shoe day is like new sheet day. Yeah. Or clean sheet day, rather. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. And, you know, other sports don't have that. I don't know of another sport where people can stand there and talk for 15 minutes about their shoes like you can with runners. Oh, yeah, there is. Is there? Yeah, triathlon, bikes, gear. Well, gear. Yeah. But not shoes. Do they talk that much about their shoes? I've never heard anybody talk about cycling bike shoes. Shoe? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, Lane geeks out over yeah the different the different bike shoes and I'm all just that. Not into you know, it which ones much. are lighter? Like you know, extra gram is going to help you. But you know, if you think it's going to help you, it's going to help you. So <laughs> we've talked about that before. That's right. All right. This motivational thought of the week comes in the middle of the week. I just got I heard this quote and I'm like I. I, I threw it in my phone. I'm like, I got I to gotta share that one with Run Club because I love it. So here it is. C.S. Lewis, quote, um, on comfort and truth seeking. He says this. If you look for truth, you may find comfort in the end. If you look for comfort, you will get neither. You will not get either comfort or truth. Only soft soap and wishful thinking to begin. And in the end, despair. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot to chew on. It is, but the truth the truth is the truth. Yeah. And and when you look for truth, you find comfort. And sure. if you're looking for something other than truth, you're not going to find comfort in the end. Yeah. Now you may find short-term comfort, but in the end you won't find comfort. Sure. Yep. Yep. Talk about it all the time. Um Yeah. All right. We're doing a great job, aren't we? The I Run think so. Club is clicking along. It's 91 episodes in. What are we going to do for number 100? I've had three people ask me that. Really? Are we going to do something special? I don't should know. Should we do something different? We should. Well, all right. We'll I don't know what we're going to do. What, we need to have a special guest. We've got a short term, a short time. Have you ever heard back from the guy that we were talking about getting on here? No, I haven't. I need to, need to get back to him. Maybe he could be number 100. That would be cool. That would, yeah. That would be right up your alley. I knew you'd be giddy about that one. That one might work out. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Now may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.